0: You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2007 Frankfurt Avenue. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.net. Special night we have tonight. Kristen Snow is going to share a message with us in a moment. She's one of our cell leaders. She serves on this music team, as you saw. She leads our watershed discipleship team full of wisdom and insight. She's one of my favorite people on the planet. So, here's Kristen Snow. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here with you all tonight and sing with you. It's so much fun. Like kind of losing my voice because of it. Okay, so. Tonight, I wanna share with you uh, So we're in a season right now that's, we're titling AMA, it's like ask me anything. The question that I chose to respond to was what the heck is watershed discipleship? I feel like I talk about it a lot, so if you know me, you probably have heard this phrase before, but it's not um, particularly easy to understand. So what I wanna do tonight is break down what it means and why I think it's so important to our community and call you to action. My uh, background with Watershed Discipleship, uh, a few years ago, Todd Winward, who is a person that lives in, what is he? I'm just thinking he's an author. Is he a theologian? I don't know. Whatever. anyway, so he's a person that lives on the hills. All right? Yeah, he's a spiritual dude that lives in Taos, New Mexico. Um, he has been practicing for several years uh, trying to rewild so he goes on these like hikes and backpacking trips and uh, really tries to learn the environment around him and use that as part of his um, way of understanding himself in the world so he came and gave a panel discussion and uh, I thought what he was saying was really compelling he mentioned watershed discipleship uh, I also did not know what that meant but I thought it sounded cool and um, something that stuck with me after him speaking was that he really knew how to do what he did in taos new mexico but he did he didn't really have an idea of how to do that in the city of philadelphia and i was like that's really interesting this dude like spends his time out in nature all the time and uh, being in a city is just like i don't know what you guys can do and i was like challenge accepted i won't think about this for a long time and i think we can figure out how to do what he's doing differently in the city of philadelphia um, and then, two years ago, I participated in a cohort with Bartimaeus Cooperative Ministries, which is run by Ched Myers and Elaine Enns. They're both authors, social justice workers, theologians, um, working in like, restorative transformative justice. They're really cool people. They're based in California. They... Um, are the people that basically that coined watershed discipleship, as far as I know? They had a group of people that they were working with thinking about how to um, relate to God and creation and humanity together. So they wrote this collection that's in a book called Watershed Discipleship. They also have a website, and um, it's kind of become like a national movement that pops up in kind of different church spaces all over the country, which is cool. So that's a basic background of... Oh, and also Carnival, if you were familiar, Carnival to Resistance last year. Um, Jay and Tevin, who used to be a part of our congregation, but moved to North Carolina recently, they do a lot of work with Watershed Discipleship relating their understanding of biblical texts with um, our current place and um, the watershed that we live in, which is the Delaware River Watershed. So to start off my talk... Um, if you've been engaged in social media, the news, or listen to the radio, I'm sure that you're familiar with the onslaught of climate-related catastrophes that are occurring at free, rapidly frequenting speed in our world. Say that last Warning! Warning, you know this is going to be really heavy for a while, but we will get through it together, and there is hope. Last year, The Guardian published an article on a major report produced by the World Wildlife Fund and involving 59 scientists from across the globe stating, humanity has wiped out 60% of mammals, birds, fish, and reptiles since 1970, leading the world's foremost experts to warn that the annihilation of wildlife is now an emergency that threatens civilization. In May of this year, this article was published in the New York Times, reporting on a 1,500-page United Nations assessment. A few quotes from this article. Since 1,500, at least 680 species have blinked out of existence. All told, three-quarters of the world's land area have been significantly altered by people and 80% of the world's wetlands have vanished since the 18th century. Human actions threaten more species with global extinction now than ever before. Right now we're watching the Amazon burn and those in the Bahamas fighting for life, scraping what is left of their homes after yet another devastating hurricane (laughs) rips through their community. And this has happened all over the world for years. People just keep getting their lives completely demolished by these hurricanes and have barely anything to, um, except for their will to live, I guess, to fight back. Um, And they have to deal with many of their family members and friends dying. Devastating floods and fires have ravaged people who live in the Midwest, West Coast, and the South of the US, as well as the Atlantic Coast, Hurricane Maria and Harvey, if you remember those, the wildfires in California and Alaska. The past five years have been the hottest years globally on record. A lot of this is due to irresponsible and destructive fossil fuel industry practices, overconsumption, lack of respect for natural land, indigenous communities, and sensitive ecosystems. Oil spills, refinery fires, illegal logging, and land clearing, burning fossil fuels, dumping toxic waste in waterways are all huge contributors to the disasters I've just mentioned. And why am I telling you all this? Because we as a community, as a part of the planet, need to be awake to the drastic change that is currently happening to our home. We need to honestly consider what we are witnessing. We need to be present to it. We need to grieve. As I went through the process of writing this speech, I cried multiple times because I kept getting to these articles and just stop, I had to stop to mourn um, the loss of life, the loss of environment. Um, the struggle that people around the world are facing, along with um, environments and ecologies. We need to be informed, and we need to be connected for our future, in honor of those who came before us, and for the ones that will come after us. And I have hope. Watershed discipleship is a response to the overwhelming climate catastrophe that we're seeing right now. It's a way to gather, witness, preserve, and respond. Starting off with the basics, what is a watershed? This is, I think, a fairly good depiction of a watershed. A watershed is an area of land that drains all of the streams and rainfall to a common outlet such as the overflow of a reservoir, mouth of a bay, or any point along a stream channel. So you can see here that the mountains collect the rainwater, it goes down the mountains and then into that common river that then um, empties out into a larger body of water. So we are in the Delaware River watershed. All those streams and rainfall go into the Delaware River along with other rivers, and then eventually um, enter into the Atlantic Ocean. Why water? Mini Wacone is Lakota for water is life. As we learned from our indigenous neighbors at Standing Rock during the Dakota Access Pipeline protests, water is life. We are made of water. We need water to survive. We all know that humans will die faster from not drinking water than not eating food. Um, Water is present all over the Bible too. Um, in the second sentence of Genesis, God hovers over the waters. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Genesis 1-2. In the book of Mark, Jesus was baptized and named the beloved of God in the river At the time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Jesus, just as Jesus was coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love, with you I am well pleased. Mark 1, 9 through 11. Jesus promises comfort and relief in John 14. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And those are merely a handful of examples. Jesus interacts with water constantly throughout the gospel, and water is also a really important part of storytelling in the Old Testament. Discipleship, watershed discipleship, is following the teachings and practice of Jesus, and I think from what I just said, following Jesus' practice of being rooted and in water. I think uh, Lydia Lydia Wiley Kellerman, who is based in Detroit and works with Water Justice there, um, she has a chapter in Watershed Discipleship, and I really like the way that she frames this why with Jesus. (laughs) Ironically, it is likely that we know the names of Jesus' water better than we know those of our own. The River Jordan, the Sea of Galilee. We know our water as it comes from a tap or bottle, but are ignorant about from which stream, lake, or aquifer it comes. Today, our lives are so fast-paced and mobile that there is no time to touch and know the waters. If we are to follow Jesus, who knew his waters and his place, We must take the time for our roots to go deep, to know our place so intimately that we cannot ignore the needs of our neighbors or the unjust history that has shaped us. Watershed discipleship is a combination of those two ideas. It is a movement that was formed with Ched Myers, Elaine Ends, and a collective of many other folks who are in the practice of honestly calling out and divesting from their complicity in climate catastrophe and working for healing This is a fluid thing. Watershed discipleship is a concept that is a work in progress, and it is discovered and defined by all that choose to engage in it. I consider it to be an extremely emergent strategy, which is a term that I'll talk about later, um, spoken about by Adrienne Marie Brown. So, I like Todd Winwards breakdown explanation of watershed discipleship that it's that's in his book Rewilding Away, building upon Ched Meyer's initial theorizing on the topic. And I'm going to have y'all help me out by reading these. So can somebody read Being Disciples During This Watershed Moment? Uh, At this crucial turning point in history, our choice is between responsive discipleship and reactive denial. We can't pretend any longer. God's word is not just our grab bag and our trash can to do with whatever, however we will. There are consequences to our actions. The interlocking crises of global warming, diminishing resources, heat, everything. And widening ecological degradation compels us to make environmental justice and sustainability integral to everything we do as disciples. Thanks. I think this is adding to what I've already stated with all those scary articles and facts earlier. Our reality is a rapidly changing environment, and we, as disciples of Jesus, are called to respond. We are charged to care for all of what God has created, prioritizing those who are most need and most needy among us the earth is clearly crying out in pain and we should listen in this watershed moment can someone read being disciples within our watersheds becoming an engaged citizen of a particular place experiencing its characteristics and being informed by its constraints its seasons its bounty and its boundaries the primary task of watershed Discipleship. It is the replaced identity, as we as a species must rediscover we are to unshackle ourselves from the exocidal, displaced oath of empire. More than just memorizing a few facts about our little cows, we need to go to school on our surroundings, as the ancients did, and become disciples who learn core life truths from our home, one one place We need to take up the yoke of our watershed and treat our region as a rabbi. And I'll read the middle one. Being disciples within our watersheds, Wendell Berry warns us that abstract concepts such as saving nature, global thinking, or creation care are well-intentioned, but achieve little unless rooted in actual landscapes. The real question, Berry states, is not how to care for the planet, but how to care for each of the planet's millions of human and natural neighbors, each of its millions of small pieces and parcels, each one of which is some precious way different from all the others. Myers suggests that followers of Jesus today must be people of specific places who root their prayers and practices in the actual watershed care. I want to read this one again because I feel like it's helpful to read it in order. My bad. Being disciples of our watershed, becoming an engaged citizen of our particular place, experiencing its characteristics and being formed by its constraints, its seasons, its bounty, and its boundaries is the primary task of watershed discipleship. It is the replaced identity we as a species must rediscover if we are to unshackle ourselves from the exocidal displaced oath of empire more than just memorizing a few facts about our locales, we need to go to school on our surroundings, as the ancients did, and become disciples who learn core life truths from our own home places. We need to take up the yoke of our watershed and treat our region as rabbi. What Winward is saying here, by treating our region as rabbi, is to consider our watershed as a teacher and start to get to know where we live, get to befriend it, get to trace its patterns the same way that we know the expression of specific delight on our friend's face, our own body's cravings and needs. A long favored quote among our community by Senegalese environmentalist Baba Doom simply states we will not save a place we do not love and we cannot save a place we do not know. If we don't learn how to love the soil we live on we cannot love a place we do not know. If we don't really, if we don't learn how to love the soil we live on, then we aren't really going to love it. I think this is particularly challenging and calls for a specific and exciting creativity in the city. The concept of learning to love the soil that you're on when it's buried under a foot of concrete is a specific and potentially daunting one. Or it could be a radical call to community engagement and community engaged problem solving. How are we gonna do it? That's the basic premise for our watershed discipleship compassion team. All of the watershed discipleship groups across the country are digging into what the concept of what it means to uh, do watershed discipleship in their place. We have the privilege of working it out here in the Delaware River watershed on unceded Lenape land In a city that was established in 1682, this land has seen a lot and it will give us the answers we seek. Maybe not in the ways that we think, but that's where the hope and faith come in. I think it makes a lot more sense to look for answers from things that were made by our creator than to ignore them and jump over them and go straight to answers only within things made by humans. Rooting in the Watershed. And then this is a picture of uh, um, a great friend of our community, Dimitri Kidev. He uh, did a mural last year, <laughs> two years ago. I don't remember. Um, this was inspired by our watershed, specifically in Philadelphia. So I worked with him to come up with ideas for what he should depict, because he travels around a lot and is basically based in California and doesn't really... Totally know that, like specific animals that are here. Um, so he did a hellbender, which is a kind of salamander that is local to our Bayar region, which is so cool. The name is crazy. And this is a heron, and he took, this is a little turtle. You know, right now. Um, but he, he wove, ideas that he puts into a lot of his um, murals with our watershed because our watershed is vibrant and there's a lot of inspiration that can be found in it. So if you ever want to go check out that mural with me, it's in Kensington, I will go with you for sure. Um, Watershed Discipleship is an intersectional, intergenerational, grounding, transformative justice, community-restoring practice that requires all engagement. I think it is at, it's a, a core to social justice and environmental justice work. It is the place where we all need to meet because... If we can't work to know and protect the place that we live in, we won't have a home or a place to organize or a place to heal or a place to undo injustice or a place to worship. I think a lot of the sickness we have in our world is a result of capitalism and colonialism, oppressive powers that are oriented on taking and destroying for wealth and more power. And this is a way to respond to that. There are a lot of major problems in the world. Climate catastrophe is one of them. I think one of the biggest. What can we practically do to participate in watershed discipleship? For that answer, I look to Adrian Marie Brown's book *Emergent Strategy*, the term that I mentioned earlier. Adrian is an author, anti-social justice facilitator, organizer, doula. Dula, and a person that I deeply respect. She has been influenced by some powerful teachers including Grace Lee Boggs and Octavia Butler. This book is a brilliant reflection by Adrian on healthy organizing and whole self engagement in living. She often looks to nature as a teacher and how to be emergent. So I will read a quote from her where she describes what emergence means. One of the best concepts I have learned from discussing this wow, this wonder, emergence is the way complex systems and patterns arise out of a multiplicity of relatively simple interactions. It is another way of speaking about the connective tissue of all that exists. The way, the Tao, the force, change, God, goddess, life. Birds flocking, cells splitting, Fungi whispering underground. This crisis is everywhere. Massive, massive, massive. And we are small. So small. But emergence notices the way small actions and connections create complex systems, patterns that become ecosystems and societies. Emergence strategy is how we intentionally change in ways that grow our capacity to embody the just and liberated world we long for. A major player in the concept of emergent strategy is fractals, which ferns are um, a good example of fractals in the natural world. If you see this picture, you can see that there's small things that repeat and then are created like their shape is created in the larger thing. How we are at a small scale is how we are at a large scale. The actions we take in our place here have ripples. We cannot necessarily put out the Amazon the fires in the Amazon or even the fires in California or Alaska we are building community in Philadelphia we're responding to overdoses we're tending gardens we're raising babies caring for our neighbors organizing participatory defense hubs laboring for the equal rights of our LGBTQ friends and family, living into what it means to say Black Lives Matter, (coughs) water is sacred, abolish ice, and on and on and on. What we need to do is creatively, emergently weave watershed discipleship into all of these actions. So what I'm saying is that the way to respond to climate catastrophe is in this place that we have influenced, the Delaware River watershed, and through this practice, we are affecting a greater whole, the greater whole. Emergent strategy and watershed discipleship are encouraging us to have faith that our actions here can spiral into larger and larger influences. What we have the ability to respond to is helping shift the culture of abuse that we have here. Protesting pipelines, engaging in waterway cleanups, lead remediation, single-use plastic bands, working with communities whose air is deeply polluted, learning as a community how to grow our own food and share it with our neighbors, how to reorient our context from the earth being something that we take from to the earth being something that we are in right relationship with. Not an easy thing, but it can be done. There are a lot of there are millions of other ideas to apply this concept and I want to discover them with you as a church community. This is a picture of a street that is a block away from my house that I think is thriving and beautiful and a lot of people would describe as neglected and not worth keeping around. And I love it. I think it's wonderful. Audrey Lord, this is a great quote. The earth is telling us something about our conduct of life as well as about our abuse of this covenant we live upon. Not one of us can believe themselves untouched by these messages, no matter where they live, no matter under what illusion of safety or uninvolvement we may pretend to hide. Each one of us has some power that can be used somewhere, somehow to help save our earth. Each one of you has power to influence our earth and to influence each other. There is a place for you. I do not know how to answer what's next. I don't know how to answer what's going to happen, and I can't tell you that it's gonna be okay, because I have no idea, and we're definitely not going backwards, we're moving forwards. It's terrifying, but that's where it is. Um, And I'm happy that I'm working it out with you. Uh, I will tell you that I believe in a God that has created us to be resilient and restorative, and that we have a capacity and capability to be in right relationship and I want to explore what that looks like in our community. These pictures are examples of what that can look like in small ways in the past year or two. Um, this is the watershed discipleship team plus friends doing a water, uh, Delaware River cleanup in um, collaboration with United by Blue. These are, uh, And this is me just participating in the parade that was part of the carnival. There was a sunflower. She dressed up as a fish and I dressed up as some woodland creature thing. It <laughs> was fun and absurd. So it's not just like hard work, but it's also a lot of fun. And that's why I'm leading the Watershed Discipleship Team because it grounds me in a world that is on fire and flooding and overdosing and starving and getting murdered. It gives me a different perspective and sheds light on the world that we have that is growing and transforming and learning and feeding and healing and believing. We're talking about a watershed discipleship cell that we want to start. where We're going to be thinking about these spiritual formation concepts every week. If you are interested in doing something like that, let me know. We have... um, a watershed discipleship team meeting next Sunday after the 7 p.m. Um, and I also just put a ton of resources up behind me <laughs> uh, these this is basically an example of the books that have influenced me in the last few years and uh, some links that I could think of this morning when I was putting the slides together there's a ton more but um, Watershed Discipleship Team, if you want to email me to get in touch with what Watershed Discipleship is doing, feel free to. I'll put a email list in the back that you can sign up for. We also have a Facebook page called Watershed Discipleship COH. If you follow that, you'll be able to be more connected with like updated things that we're doing, interesting articles we find, some fun articles that you can post on there. It's an open posting thing, so uh, the more the merrier. It'd be really amazing to cultivate that together. Urban Farm Team is another great way to uh, practically get your hands in the soil in our city. Um, you can email Jess and she can connect you with Heartland Farm or those other, um, those other farms that are part of the Urban Farm Team too. And then they also have a Facebook called Heartland Neighborhood Farm. Um, Watershed said is a great resource. Movement generation. Um, yeah, there's a lot. So I'll email this out. Um, but this is the things that have influenced me lot. That is all that I have. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.